Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today I'm here with Lizzie. Hi. <laughs> so you were born in Illinois? Yeah, I was born in Rock Island, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's across the Mississippi River from Iowa. It's like called the Quad Cities. Mm-hmm. So I was born and raised there. And you had a really like outdoorsy childhood, right? Like swimming with your cousins. Yeah, I, yeah, actually I did. I my like summers were just spent like swimming, riding my bike, like running around, playing in the yard, making things out of like dirt and sand and sticks and mm-hmm. um, yeah, lots of canoeing things of that nature. (laughs) How do you describe yourself back then growing up? Oh, uh, kind of in a hurry to grow up probably, Mm -hmm. a little bit, um, you know, restless, like loud, probably kind of annoying, I don't know, wanted a lot of attention. Or do you get your creative side from? Because your dad's a is a physician, and your mom's interior design. Yeah, my so my dad's a physician, and my mom um, was you know stayed at home with us and was also an art teacher and did interior design and sold office furniture and um, kind of did a lot of different things and is a good artist herself. So, and everyone in my family like can sing pretty well. My grandparents are all like we're all sang in the church, or my grandfather was a barbershop quartet singer. Oh actually like an international champion. really yeah maybe they're In gonna like look the it up <laughs> late 40s or something wow, that's um so cool. yeah so i like every one of my family's kind of musical what kind of music were they playing in the house when you were growing up uh i mean not a ton of music like i don't feel like we were a family that like always had music on but when my parents and their like college friends would get together you know they'd listen to the things that they liked to listen to in college and you know, like like the big chill sound tra- soundtrack or something. Mm-hmm. You know, Motown. Um, my dad loved the Beach Boys, and um, you know, like any of the songs, like Creedence Clearwater Revival. I think songs that reminded them of their high school and college years is sort of like what they'd put on if they put on music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were your favorite subjects in high school? Uh... I didn't really like high school. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ceramics, probably, oh, like nice. my art class. Um, I had a really, really cool ceramics teacher, Mr. Christensen, and he, I think he, he knew that, like, high school was, like, a little bit of a struggle for me and really went out of his way to, like, make sure that I felt good about myself, I think. So, um, so probably ceramics, I'd say. Yeah. But what made you want to go to college, like, in Colorado? Uh, well, so I'm the youngest of four, and all of my siblings are really smart and went to, like, really good schools. Um, and so I think education and, like, hard work were important things in my family. So it was expected that I would go to college. Um, and so, like, you know, because my parents, like, believed in me and supported me, but I thought they thought I should have an education and pursue music. Um, so Colorado State was really, like... I I was an okay student, but I didn't apply myself really like my siblings had. So I like went to Colorado State because I knew that I could get in and that um, like I like to ski and like live music. And so I I felt like I'd like it culturally, like that there would be a lot of things for me to do there. Mm -hmm. And I did like it and it's beautiful in the mountains and out, you know, I'm outdoorsy and like to camp and Mm -hmm. swim in the rivers and stuff. (laughs) So what did you study again? 
Well, I went for journalism, but then I couldn't really, it's a big school, so I couldn't actually get into like the like prerequisites that I needed a lot of the time. So I just kind of took a little bit of everything, like anthropology and actually took even took an aerobics class, oh, wow. um, which I like <laughs> you do never went subjects. to. <laughs> yeah. oh, you never uh, but I dropped out of college actually after two years. So I, uh, you know, by then though, my parents, I think they, I already had like some opportunities with my music that sort of I was making a little bit of money, not oh. much, but I think they were like, okay, like, you know, move, give LA a year or two and see what happens. And I ended up being able to like make it work. Yeah. So before you were, cause you were in bands right before I, well, for bands. Opening for bands. Yeah, I was like for solo for quite a long time. Like I'd sing with other people, but I would just play guitar and sing alone. And then mm -hmm. opened for lots of people in Colorado and sang on this DJ's track that ended up getting on like a bunch of TV shows. And, yeah, and um, Grammy. Yeah, well, that was a different. Oh, that was one. a different. Yeah, one. that was a different. That was later. <laughs> so this is when I was like, you know, nineteen or twenty. Oh. Like had a song that was in a few TV shows and a movie, and I made like a decent amount of money off of it and. How did you get your music out there initially, like before you had a team? I, when I was in college, like I like took my shows like really seriously. Again, I was probably like annoying and everyone was like, this girl's delusional. But I would make these posters and I'd hang them up all over town oh. and I would hand out flyers at, at school and, uh, you know, like was able to get like a fair amount of people to come out and see me. And I really would like go around to the venues and like kind of petition to open for bands that came through and got to open for some cool bands and so I think I just have always been playing a lot I liked I was always playing I was always doing shows uh so I think probably put just putting myself out there and getting in front of people and you already had original music out like were you putting it on like YouTube or uh I don't think there was even YouTube I'm 35 so mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember before some like MySpace. there was internet <laughs> but oh look at that dog up there oh, yeah. oh that looks dangerous but he's so yeah. cute oh my goodness sorry i got distracted oh my goodness he is so cute um there's a lot of dog poop around here though. oh yeah uh i don't can't remember if there was youtube but i did um i did uh like make a cd like there was someone in town that had uh had like a, there's a lot of dog action. Yeah. Someone in town, so I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Someone in town who like, I could record mm -hmm. my, uh, I could record like some songs I'd written like in his garage. Oh. And then there was like someone in Denver, which was like an hour from Fort Collins who had like, you know, a CD burner that could, you know, burn like, burn and label CDs. So like I paid to get that done. So I actually did have a CD when I was like 18. Oh. Which some, one of these days I should release yeah. To release to the world. It's kind of embarrassing though. And then how were you able to find management early on? Uh, I, so I moved to LA when I was 21 and I like had a couple of people sort of like discover me and sort of initially try and like connect me with different people and those opportunities didn't really end up working out but I did then, oh my gosh, look at this dog. So many dogs. There's so many just dogs everywhere. You're cute too. <laughs> You're cute too. What are you doing? Um, I had like some opportunities and early on, and then I ended up being signed to Maverick Records through like this production deal that I'd done, which then I didn't end up like kind of staying with because it's like kind of was me like signing away all of my rights. Mm -hmm. uh, 
not exactly, I don't know, it's not worth really going into, but eventually through all these different scenarios, I met my manager, Peter, um, in like 2004, 2005, and uh, have been with him ever since, and he took me over to the UK and I got a deal with Sony Columbia in mm -hmm. London. And so a lot of things for me kind of started happening once I teamed up with Sony and made my first album. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like, looking back, you wish you waited and had more like original material? And like was able to find exactly, or did you already know at that point like exactly your vision? No, not really. I don't know. I think everything kind of works out how it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't. I think if I was an artist, that like my look and my style were like a big part of my overall artistry, then maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think that's like, I'm just kind of more of like I feel like I'm prolific. I just like write songs, put them out. Write songs, mm -hmm. put them out. Write songs, put them out. And. Um, have you know worked with lots of different musicians and producers so like stylistically or vision wise it's it's very, always changing and kind of natural and spontaneous mm -hmm. so I don't really have a vision mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever feel like when you were with them that you had to fit some sort of like mold that they wanted like was it more pop or maybe they didn't really well I think that early on I worked with a lot of people who were well-intentioned and it, it, I probably brought it on myself to a certain extent because I just felt like people didn't think that I knew what was best for me or mm -hmm. didn't take me seriously, you know, whether it's because I was a girl or I was young or I just seemed kind of like a deer in headlights and coming from the Midwest and a relatively small city and moving to the big city. Um, there were times where like, yes, so if I could do it all again, like I would have just said like, no, this is what I want to do. and and believed in myself more, but I think that's a part of growing up, so I don't mm -hmm. think you can really change that. But the, there were times that people, you know, with my first deal, I think they would have wished that I could have, to hello, <laughs> could have wished that I would have dialed in my look a little more, because mm -hmm. um, this is kind of just what I've always looked like, like, just, not like I look like a slob, but I just don't have like a, I don't have like a cool style or something, I'm not really sure, mm -hmm. like I just have a simple, yeah, maybe there was a little bit of just the impression I got of like, oh, it'd be great if you could like brush your hair and wear more makeup and put on like a cooler outfit. But then I think it ended up working out because my thing just kind of became like jeans and t-shirt and like mm -hmm. what you see is what you get kind of vibes. Yeah. And then you, did you like living in Hollywood? But not really, right? It was difficult. I, you know, I have so many people that I love that live in LA, so... Mm -hmm you know, and you live here, so I never want to, like, criticize a city. It's not for me. I'm, it's, it's, there's too many people, and there's too much pollution, and there's, like, not enough water, and I don't know. <laughs> the yeah. time I was here, I did have a lot of fun, and I had a lot of really intense and sometimes painful experiences, like, in my early 20s. I think everyone does, no matter where they live, so I do kind of, I think, um, maybe somewhat associate Hollywood with like some bad experiences but also with like a lot of like probably the most fun I'll ever have in my life like I was having a blast I met a mm. lot of really awesome people I was part of like a community of people and uh and then it was a really special time in my life so mm -hmm. at the time I enjoyed it for what it was but I knew after like a few years it was like I'm gonna have to find some sort of more calm and natural space mm -hmm. to live in and then I ended up moving to Ojai for seven years so that was good I was like an hour yeah. and a half from LA but still out kind of what felt like in mm -hmm. the country a little bit 
Do you think your style of music that you made has changed every time you move into these different places? I think for sure the style of my music changes based on you know what I'm going through in my life because I'm a very true to my circumstance writer. Like all my songs are real; they're about what I'm going through when I make the records, and so I think that the songs I'm writing and the moods I'm in kind of call for a different energy from project to project. I think a lot of it too, like yes, the different places I've lived, but also the different people I'm working with. You know, again, what I'm going through in my personal life, uh, like as technology's changed, you know, like this last record, I was a little more open-minded about working uh, sort of remotely, where like, you know, would start working on a laptop and then mm -hmm. have a producer take it back to a studio and put real instruments on it. And then I'd like email them a, my background vocals, you know, from my studio. Mm -hmm. And so I think technology and culture affects the changes, but also, yes, where I live. Mm-hmm. And what was the turning point that you wanted to leave that and then go to is it Iowa or? Iowa, yeah. Well, I got dropped from my record deal after my second album came out. So in 2015, I was like independent, but I still, you know, I was fortunate that I had a deal all those years I did because I, I worked with a lot of wonderful people and I had a lot of support and tour support. So I was able to go and tour, um, you know, something I wouldn't have been able to afford that on my own. Mm. So I was able to build up a good fan base. So when I was... You know, once I became independent, I was I was lucky I had like a leg up because I already kind of had some things going on. Um, and I just kind of wasn't having fun. Like I felt like after my second record, I just needed a break. Like I don't I don't want to make a record that like I have other people, whoever I end up working with, to come to me and say like, I think you need to write more songs and these songs aren't very good. Because I'd had that experience of like, writing a bunch of songs I liked and then not being able to record them mm -hmm. because all the different people who, you know, rightfully so were giving me money just didn't think the songs had any potential. And that just sort of wore me down a little. So I was just like, I'm good. Like, I'm just gonna chill and I'm just gonna like make my own record and I might never put it out. And I'm gonna like move back to the Midwest and be closer to my family and solo tour for a yeah. while and simplify my life. And <laughs> I've always wanted to have this farm in Iowa. So I bought like almost 50 acres in yeah. Iowa and it's been really good. I still am always on tour, but, and I did end up putting the like Why Wild West out my last record. So I didn't really quit the business I just sort of simplified my life for a while yeah <laughs> which was good is it ever difficult working so remotely from like the rest of music and I guess producers uh not really because I, I travel a lot I mean there's so much you can really communicate through phone and email and you know I will hop on a plane and go to London for two weeks and write and record and then I'll go home for a few weeks and I think it's good for me because I do kind of miss, like, I don't really have, like, a community of artists that I hang out with like I did when I lived in L.A., like, but I kind of like that because, you know, my general group of friends do all kinds of jobs, you know, they might be teachers or nurses or doctors or, you know, like, work at a restaurant, I don't know, like, it's kind of been nice in a way to be removed from it because it's, like, good just to be back in the mix with just like the general population or yeah. something. <laughs> what was the inspiration behind Castles? Um, oh, Castles. So my hair's like kind of crazy. I had <laughs> stayed at my friend's house and you know that Dr. Bronner's soap? No. You don't know Dr. Bronner's? It's like this like 
it's like good for the earth and yeah. it's this soap and you apparently can use it for like everything mm -hmm. but they didn't have any shampoo so I had to wash my hair with it and now yeah. it's it's like putting wax in your hair oh. <laughs> or something I don't know uh, anyway so castles you know to be very honest with you I was in this sort of pseudo relationship uh, with a guy who you know probably didn't mean to but kind of destroyed me and mm -hmm. I let it happen and so I think a lot of castles was figuring out like why do I let this happen and like what role do I play in it and you know different from maybe my first album Catching a Tiger it's like it, that one was about a breakup too but this one's from like the perspective of me like 10 years later so I think there's a little bit more self-awareness and humor Mm -hmm. and not cynicism because I think there's a lot of hope in it but it's you know it goes dark it goes into that pain and that rejection and shame uh, of like things that we do to like screw up our relationships but um, also like taking that that yeah but that's like you have to kind of go through this to learn from like those experiences learn from your mistakes have some self-awareness have a sense of humor about the things that would have destroyed you 10 years ago now you can you know with age you do start mm -hmm. to like brush things off a little more you're like oh whatever yeah I'm not gonna let that bother me so yeah castles is just really about like kind of getting through and over a kind of challenging romantic relationship and but like not just about this guy but you know about what do, what do I want in life and like what's next and what do I need to fix about myself mm -hmm. like holding a mirror up to myself of like what are the things that I do that contribute to this, like, drama in my life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it can't just be the other person's fault. <laughs> so trying to really dive a little bit deeper into things, which mm -hmm. can be uncomfortable, but ultimately is important. Yeah. How do you think your music has changed since the early songs you wrote? I... Oh, I don't know. That's hard to say. I mean, I think I probably was a little bit more naive when I was younger and so there was probably a sweeter quality to my music at times because you know I had my whole life ahead of me and I think I also wrote with a lot more other people um, so I maybe my own voice was of course very much in my early music but it was maybe a little bit more um, influenced by other people who I were, was working with and like other people's opinions whereas now both like the, t the the phase I'm at in my life and just like the kind of, I'm independent essentially. Mm -hmm. I'm my own kind of creative director and A&R and everything. So I think it's more, I don't even know if the fans are gonna appreciate it. It's a little self-indulgent, but now it's sort of like, mm -hmm. I can say and sing whatever I feel like saying and singing. If I wanna talk about being sad, I know it's gonna bum everybody out, but like <laughs> I need to, cause that's how I get over it. That's how I process and move on. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess maybe my music will probably just get more personal mm -hmm. because I don't really have anyone censoring me, which yeah. might be a bad thing. <laughs> How do you say you've grown as a person since you were younger? I think I've become a lot less selfish since I was younger. I think I was really, you know, I'm still quite self-absorbed, uh, really self-involved and whatever, but I think that I was like really just sort of so wrapped up in myself for a really long time in my, because I'm very emotional. I've always been really emotional, really impulsive. So I think I've, as I've gotten older, I've become a much more thoughtful and less selfish and mellower person, I'd say. Mm -hmm. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far? Nose is running. I think I have a somewhat of an addictive personality. I sometimes have like 
you know, unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I have some impulse control issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I can say things I really don't mean in the heat of the moment, but I think that's gotten better. Um, but I'm also a Scorpio, so. <laughs> but I think one of my challenges, you know, it's something I'm trying to figure out now is that I've always sort of just thought of myself as like an underdog. Mm-hmm. And I think there's been times where I could have had good things in my life that I've sort of sabotaged because I don't, you know, it's like I, I maybe, I don't know why I've done that. This mm-hmm. is like therapy. <laughs> like, uh, like I have sometimes this paranoid feeling like everybody hates me and everyone thinks you're weird and, and maybe everyone does hate me and think I'm weird, but a lot of the times it's all in your head, you know, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people go through that is that you experience life in this one way that is so colored with like these stories you're telling yourself. And it's like not true. Mm-hmm. You just try to chill and have a good time and just be nice to yourself and nice to others. It's like things would work out better. But I think I've I've done some major self sabotaging mm-hmm. from some like deep seated sense of not feeling worthy for some reason. And so I got to figure that out before I get too much older because mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's time. It's getting old. <laughs> what does love mean to you? Oh. I I mean, that kind of ties into castles because I think a lot of castles is that I think for a long time I had this notion of this fairy tale romance of Mm -hmm. like what romance was supposed to be and like not being able to live without somebody and the passion and all of those things that sort of end up just like kind of consuming you and not being like really sustainable. So I think I'm sort of trying to relearn what love means like, you know, kindness and partnership and laughter and support and, you know, shared, shared visions and shared dreams. Um, but I mean, I have so, I mean, love in general, I have so much love in my life with my friends and my family and whatnot. I think it's, you know, be, life is a lonely, scary thing. Just like being there for people. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? I want, I want to be remembered for, I saw this great quote a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, being someone that makes people feel when like they're in your company that as they are that they're they're good enough like making that. people feel good I don't really ever want anyone to say that they walked away from an exchange with me feeling like bad about themselves you know which I'm sure it's happened mostly to the mean boys that I've dated but <laughs> no I mean I think just wanting to be someone that made people feel good about themselves mm-hmm yeah, I love that. This is awesome. Yeah, good. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm enjoying this. Oh, so thanks for having me. Bye, guys. Bye.